thinking about the generosity of God um, and then how that encourages us at the same time to be generous and uh, what a great opportunity for us to express our um, love and appreciation to um, those God brings into our life. And Christmas is a time of of giving and receiving and it's it's always interesting um, some of the gifts that are given and some of the gifts that are received, but it's always unique when a person doesn't really realize what they've received. Um, maybe they don't realize all that the gift is capable of or something. Being the youngest of four boys in our family, I can I can remember getting a gift and and thinking, wow, that's pretty neat. And then quickly, one of my brothers would would grab it out of my hand and say, oh, this is really neat. Look, at, it'll do this and this and this. And wow, look, it'll do this. And 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 they were enjoying it. And I'm saying, wow, really? Yeah, that's that's cool, you know. But they were trying to help me understand all the fullness of this gift. Look what it can do. Um, I can remember getting a, a camping knife, and our family went camping, and this was um, this was the old school, and, and it had a spoon and a fork and a knife and a little saw. You could, I don't know what the saw was for, you know, and it had all these things, and you'd open it up, and man, the thing was about that big around, you know, it wasn't any... Um, it made me think as I was thinking about that. I wonder whatever happened to it. Probably one of my brothers has it. No, I'm <laughs> it's probably buried somewhere or lost. But at any rate, and I can remember them opening it. Look at look, look what it, this does. And, you know, it's got little tweezers here and little scissors here. And, <clears throat> and they're showing me all this. So um, today we want to attempt to um, kind of as a big brother maybe, come along and attempt to explain what we've really, another aspect of what we truly received when God gave his son. Last week we saw that in John chapter 1, the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And the word is Jesus Christ and the word is a message that is sent forth. God spoke to us and uh, sent forth his son. And yet today we want to look at another aspect of this gift that we're remembering at Christmas. John, in his record, reminds us that Jesus is the word. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us as many as received him To them gave he power to become the sons of God. And then John goes in and and he begins telling about his ministry that he had as a forerunner of Christ. And then when it came time for the initial um, introduction of Jesus Christ and his public ministry, we read in verse 29 of John 1, The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold the Lamb of God, 
which taketh away the sin of the world. The first formal declaration by John the Baptist identified Christ as the Lamb. And everyone that heard him say that knew exactly what the Lamb was all about. We understand that uh, these people that were hearing him were well-versed in, in the Old Testament. They knew that when John said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world, he was making the correlation and the reference to what they identified as a lamb. Number one, a lamb was necessary for daily offerings. They would offer a lamb. Numbers chapter 28 and verse 1 tells us about this. So they were very familiar with a lamb that was brought and was offered. They also knew that a lamb was necessary for the sin offering. And God clearly spelled it out. An offering that was made for sin had to be a lamb without blemish and would be brought from their, their own flock. And it was necessary to offer for a sin offering. And, of course, they also understood that the lamb was the basis for the Passover, that they were to take a lamb and they were to shed the blood of the lamb and they were to anoint the doorpost and around the door with the blood of the lamb. And after these plagues had come to Egypt, their protection, their covering was the blood of the lamb. And when the death angel came, they were protected. So when John came and said, as he saw Jesus, Behold the Lamb of God, they immediately in their mind understood the Lamb for an offering, daily offering, the Lamb for a sin offering, the Lamb for the Passover covering. And John was making a definite statement when he said, Jesus is the Lamb. We sing, we heard played away in a manger. We think, why did, um, why was Jesus born in a manger? Well, there was no room for them in the inn, we say. But I, I can remember Hannah Shaheen saying, where else do you think a lamb is born? A lamb is born in a manger. And there are many, many correlations that are brought. But today we want to look as we think in these days about this gift, one aspect of this gift, is he is the Lamb of God. What are characteristics of a lamb? Number one, unassuming. Lambs are not identified as demanding their own rights. Their lambs are accommodating and meek. No one would have suspected that this babe in the manger was God in the flesh being born in a cattle stall and laid in a feed trough. I mean, you think about it. How unassuming is that? We would have written the script totally different. God 
in the flesh. We would have had a grand coronation. We would have had a a great spectacle. And dun da da da. Here is God making His appearance after these years of silence, and the Deliverer has come. Jesus Christ is the Lamb, very unassuming. Turn, if you would, to Philippians chapter 2. We find Paul writing to the church at Philippi um, identified the unassuming nature of the Lamb in verse 5 of Philippians 2. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. So it's saying Jesus Christ is God. But he made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men and being found in fashion as a man. That's Christmas. He he came being found in fashion as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And because of this, God hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You notice this, very unassuming. The Lamb came, and if you if you please, he... He just quietly entered into this world. And the announcements were made to the shepherds. The shepherds came and then spread the word. But he came unassumingly, not as a king, nor as a deliverer, but as a lamb. Very unassuming. Lambs are also known for their innocence. Sheep, lambs in particular, have a sense of innocence about them. Jesus Christ came not in innocence, but in perfection. He was completely innocent, with no sin of his own, and a lamb without a blemish, to offer on our behalf. First Peter says that Jesus Christ is the lamb without spot or blemish. And then it expands on that in First Peter chapter 2. That even as Christ suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow in his steps. Who did no sin... Neither was guile found in his mouth. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judgeth righteously. This lamb bare in his own self our sins in his body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness by whose stripes we are healed. He did no sin. He came in perfection, and because of perfection in complete innocence as a lamb. And a third characteristic of the lamb is that lambs are defenseless. The reason they have a shepherd, they need a shepherd, 
in order to protect the flock, in order to care for the flock. They don't have any built-in defense system. Jesus came, and although, as a songwriter said, he could have called 10,000 angels to destroy the world, but he came as a lamb, defenseless, as a lamb led to the slaughter, so he went to the mission that the Father had called him. So what we're remembering here, as a lamb, very unassuming, completely innocent, completely defenseless, but he came with a specific purpose. John chapter 1, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The purpose of the Lamb is to die as a sacrifice. Christ Jesus came solely for the purpose of dying. It meant that the God-man, when John said, Behold the Lamb of God, they understood this meant that the God-man would die, and not just die, but to die as a lamb dies, that he was slaughtered on our behalf. He came to die. And, and Christmas is meaningless without the cross and the resurrection. And if we didn't have the birth, needless to say, we wouldn't have the cross or the resurrection. You can't separate the two. But thankfully, we have this season of the year that we set aside to remember this great expression, He sent His Son as a lamb. And that means that he came specifically to die. We hear the the injustice of the trial of Jesus Christ. Humanly speaking, it was unjust. But he came to die. That was his purpose. In order that, as it says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, He came to die as a sacrifice to take away sins. He did not come to teach, although he taught many, many wonderful things. He did not come to be a model. He is the perfect model of of what we are to be, but that was not his purpose. He did not come to heal, although he healed many people. He came to pay the penalty for the sin of mankind. That's what a lamb does. A lamb is offered as an offering, as a sin offering, as the blood that covers when the death angel comes. And so what we're remembering here is God sent the lamb the only Lamb that could take away our sins. Turn to the book of Isaiah. We find in Isaiah um, prophecies in Isaiah 7 and 9, but I want you to look at, at Isaiah 53. He came, the Lamb came to die 
as a sacrifice in order to take away sins. And notice what that means, he endured. Verse 3 of Isaiah 53, he is despised and rejected of men. A man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. Notice, he endured the harassments, he endured the mocking, the ridicule, the beatings, the shame, and he did it without a word so that we could have our sins forgiven. That's why we're we're celebrating. This is not just a babe, this is not just a miraculous birth. It is all of that, but it's another aspect of it. It is the Word dwelling among us. It is the Lamb of God that He gave to take away the sin of the world. It doesn't mean that every person is the world in the world is saved. He means every person in the world, Jew or Gentile, will be saved if they believe in Jesus and receive him for the forgiveness of sins. If they have applied the blood to their life, if they have accepted the sin offering, he taketh away the sin of the world. No race, no nationality, no ethnicity, no Economic structure is excluded. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. Their sins are taken away. The wrath of God, John 3.36 says that the wrath of God is removed. The wrath of God abides upon every individual that is born into this world because of our sin. But the Lamb of God removes the wrath of God. And that's what we're celebrating. This is, it's not just a neat story about a a virgin gives birth and shepherds come and later wise men come and give gifts. And what a wonderful story and we have all these traditions that go with it. It's celebrating the fact that the Lamb of God that alone could take away my sin was given. Every one of us is deserving of God's wrath. And there is only one way to have our sins forgiven. There is only one way to have the favor of God. It has nothing to do with baptism. It has nothing to do with 
good works. It is only through the Lamb of God. We sing the song, It is well. And the third verse said, My sin, oh the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole, is nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. As I was thinking, that song came to mind, and I thought, you know, we could sing it. My sin, O the bliss of this glorious thought. My sin, not in part, but the whole. The Lamb has removed, and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. This is the Lamb of God. And John The first formal introduction of Jesus Christ says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Now, turn with me, if you would, to the book of Revelation. Let's go to the end of things. The book of Revelation, chapter 5. We find a picture of what is taking place in heaven. And the voice of many angels, verse 11, are around the throne, and the beast and the elder, and the number of them was ten thousand times ten thousands, and thousands of thousands, and they are saying with a loud voice, notice what they're saying, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom, and strength, and honor, and glory, and blessing. Worthy is the Lamb. What we need to have renewed in our hearts and minds during this Christmas season is this is the only Lamb that could take away my sin, and God sent Him for me as unassuming, as innocent, And as defenseless as he was, and as a lamb led to the slaughter, so Jesus Christ willingly laid down his life for my sin. And the song in heaven will be, Worthy is the lamb that was slain. In Revelation chapter 15 and verse 3, they sing the song of Moses the servant of the Lord, and the song of the Lamb. And what are they saying? Great and marvelous are your works, Lord God Almighty. True and just are your ways, you King of the saints. Who shall not fear you, O Lord, and glorify your name? For you alone are holy, and all nations shall come and worship before thee, for thy judgments are made manifest. That's the song of the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. This Christmas, take time to thank God for the Lamb. It's more than you can ever imagine. What what we have been given, this, this babe in the manger, is the word that was spoken and dwelt among us. It is the Lamb of God, which, praise God, taketh away Not just the sin of the world, 
has taken away my sin because I have received Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sin. Charles Spurgeon was to preach in the Crystal Palace of London. And this was before the days of amplification and things. And so the the evening before he was to preach there, he went with a friend to try the acoustics of the building um, to see that make sure everyone would be able to hear. And um, he had his friend stand in several places near the back of the building. And um, the great preacher mounted to the, the pulpit and he loudly said the words, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. And his friend moved to different areas, and he repeated this several times, so that um, the audibility of the words could be tested in various parts of the palace. Then they left, and satisfied that Spurgeon had the right volume, how to emphasize, and and could be heard all over that vast building. But they did not notice that a workman was engaged in completing some repairs to the roof while they were carrying on their experiment, testing. And he heard the text, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. He heard that over and over again. And he went home later that night and under deep conviction of sin as a result of that plain text spoken by Spurgeon cried out to God for the forgiveness of his sin. You know, God's put us here. If you're here today as a believer, our ministry in this life is to say, Behold, the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. The greatest need in this world today is to understand that Jesus Christ alone takes away sin. And if we don't realize the value of the Lamb, if we don't realize this is the Lamb entering into my world, this is the Lamb that came specifically as a sacrifice to take away my sins as I receive that gift, we'll never be able to get that message to the world. And it's not just for us to take and hold to ourselves. Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Heavenly Father, I pray that this season, you would help us to see in a greater and a renewed sense the aspects of the gift of your Son, and specifically, as we've mentioned today, as the Lamb. Sent to take away the sin of the world. Lord, those of us here today who have trusted you as Savior It's easy for us to take your forgiveness for granted. 
But Lord, we would hate to think where we would be today without you. And I pray that we would have a renewed love and appreciation for the Lamb of God. And I pray that we would realize and that we would acknowledge that you are worthy of all our praise. That you are worthy to receive our best, our highest degree of honor and praise, and wealth, and power that you are worthy. And Lord, I pray that you would receive that from us, that we'd be generous in our praise, and honor, and glory to you, as we understand the fullness of the message of the Lamb. And Lord, I pray if there is one here today who does not know you, has never come to a point where they personally receive Jesus, Lord, I pray today they would call upon you for the forgiveness of sin, that they would behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away sin. Lord, thank you for being the Lamb slain on my behalf, We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand.